You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. It's very likely, my cyclothids, that you are at least aware that races such as the Drow have come under scrutiny in recent years. I recently had an experience that led me to reevaluate my own stance on this topic. And in today's session, I want to share with you what I've learned as a part of this process and see if we can address the problems with the drow while maintaining some of the existing lore and literature surrounding them. I'm Robert Walker, author of Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system, and this is my show, the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology podcast, where I teach collaborative storytellers how to create memorable campaigns using psychology. So I want to share with you a story. This is a true story, and it just recently happened. And what happened was I got home from work in the evening, and I opened my email inbox, the DungeonsDragonsPsychology at gmail.com email that all of you are welcome to message me at and communicate with me at. And when I opened this email, there was a message from some other collaborators I'd worked with in the past, and they brought to my attention that some of the language I had used on my podcast and in my book surrounding the drow was problematic, and they were pretty upset with some of the things that I had said. So I shared this email with my wife, and her first response was what I expected. She said, it doesn't sound like these people really know you as a person at all. And I agreed with her. I thought that was true because I tried to be very open, accepting, and inclusive of all people. But after I calmed down, after I thought about the words that they were saying, asked for a little more clarification, got their point of view about the words that I had said and how it could be problematic, it really got me to think that I might be portraying something that I don't actually believe in. I might be continuing an injustice that does not represent my beliefs. So I decided that what I really needed to do was educate myself and try to understand what it was that I was missing in my point of view. So I decided to spend the next few days researching the problem with the drow and my own stance and my own statements. I re-listened to my own episodes. I reread the chapter in my book and evaluated those things against what I was learning. And so here is what my research brought to my attention. While there are undoubtedly an innumerable number of things about drow lore and society that could be insensitive, there are three primary problems that surround the drow, and those three issues are what I'm going to be discussing today. The first issue, and probably the most obvious, is their depiction is racially insensitive. Secondly, their society presents a misogynistic view of women in power. And third, the entire idea of an evil race is a problematic construct. So let's begin with the first one, the idea that the depiction is racially insensitive. And I think that one is pretty easy to understand because at their core, the idea exists with the drow that black equals evil in sense of this race. And obviously that is a problematic point of view. I had taken the idea of drow society and the literature surrounding the drow society is something that I held dear to me because I loved the stories about the drow. I love 
R.A. Salvatore. I loved the story of Dritzt. And so in my heart, I was clinging to these stories without reevaluating the entire idea of what the concept stood for. The idea that by portraying this entire this entire species as you know dark-skinned elves and the correlations that it had with our real-world society, I was not considering how that affected other people because I didn't have the myopics to really understand that that could be disenfranchising people who would want to come to the game but then saw themselves represented in such a way. So I minimized my opinions on this by saying things in my book and on my podcast like it's just a game and that people were just making an argument out of something that didn't need to be an argument. And I was very wrong about those statements because I had not really taken the time to internalize what other people would be experiencing through these depictions. And as I go forward, I am definitely going to modify my opinions on this. And this whole experience has been very eye-opening. So let's move into the second problem, which is the society presenting a misogynistic view of women in power. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of the early movements in psychology where women with mental health issues were sort of given this diagnosis of, well, you're having problems because you're a woman. Uh, Their whole field was surrounded with sexism. And I think a lot of that same sort of sexism exists in the view of the drow society and its matriarchal structure. Now, of course, being a matriarchy is by no means a problem. The problem is the way that the matriarchal society that was created for D&D was presented. It sort of has this idea that this is what will happen if if women run a society. There'll be this very chaotic, very ridiculous sort of just problematic destruction and chaos and evil and here's why women can't be in power and and it makes a farce of the idea of women being in power in a time where that is sort of what was held as a concept that was thought to be true this is what the world would look like if women were in power and of course that's ridiculous it's it's absurdity displayed in excess and moreover it propagates this idea that we don't need to have in our role-playing games this idea that women in power would be a bad thing because I think we've seen from our own history and our own world that it's not a bad thing. It's, in fact, a very good thing. We need more of that in our world. So let's take a look at this third idea, the idea that an evil race is a problematic construct in and of itself. And I believe that in my book and in my podcast, this is the concept that I was struggling to understand the most of these three constructs. And I think it's because I had spent so much time role-playing this game younger without, I suppose, a more enlightened point of view on this, that I just sort of believed that there should be certain races that were evil because then I know who I can swing my sword at. It wasn't about the problems that it presented culturally in this world. It was just about not informing myself about why this concept doesn't work and shouldn't be a part of the game to begin with. And here's where I was really getting this concept wrong in my book and on previous episodes of this show. 
I several times made the comment that, well, this should be okay because we can look at our own society at people like the Nazis and say that, well, they were evil, so people can be evil. But what I was neglecting in this idea is that what I was calling evil was a group of people, not people themselves, right? It was not a race of people that were evil. It was people who chose to be part of a specific group. And I believe that is where the distinction needs to be. And if I had taken the time to read in depth more of the changes that Dungeons and Dragons was making with their story, that is also the concept that they were embracing. It's also the concept that R.A. Salvatore was embracing. But I hadn't done the legwork of taking the time to understand that they were making a distinction between a race and a group. And that's what we need to do going forward. We need to understand that, yes, there is a way to still hold on to the literature that exists the stories of Dritz, the stories of Mesoberranzan, and the worshippers who follow Loth, the drow that have been corrupted by the evil spider goddess, are not representative of the race of drow. They are a group of drow. So probably the most embarrassing thing for me to admit and to bring all of this information to you is that I would have been on this page entirely in the first place if I had just done the research that I should have been doing from the get-go. I didn't understand that they had clarified that there were now three different sects of drow. The ones that we are detailed in R.A. Salvatore's novels are a group called the Unidrow. They're the ones that became tainted by the demon Loth's teachings. But there's also the Avondrow, who live in the frozen north, and there's the Lorendrow, who are a, a jungle-dwelling group that exist in the harmony of the forest. It's a group that was evil. It's not the race that was evil. Another way that they have been able to correct this is across all races, they're changing racial ability modifiers, and they're allowing players to put those points wherever they wish. They're saying that races are not defined by a certain set of characteristics. A person is defined by the choices that they make. And that's such a big difference that doesn't really affect the game and the way that I had ever played it in the past. It still incorporates all of these things that I loved the entire time, and I was being hesitant to embrace these changes simply because I was being stubborn and entitled in my opinion. And that's not how I want to represent myself on this show or in my book. So going forward, these are changes I want you to know that I have embraced, I am coming to understand, and I will continue to research and continue to explore the areas where I might have been culturally insensitive. And I will continue to let you know when I've made a mistake, because I think an important part of growth is sharing with you, my listeners, that I am making these changes and that things I've said in the past are unrepresentative of who I am as an individual. So with all that said, let's go ahead and move on to Tricks of the Trade. 
For today's tricks of the trade, what I want to do is I want to talk about some ways that you can try to be more inclusive in your gaming group or in your storytelling community. And so the first idea I will give to you is to challenge stereotypes. There are definitely some stereotypes that exist within D&D, such as dwarves like to drink or elves are very high-minded. Humans are always rushing to do things because their lives are so short. But try and subvert some of these ideas in your narration. Give these different individuals a different point of view. Try and make them different than you've ever made them before and show that groups do not represent races, which is the whole thing I'm trying to get at here today. Secondly, be welcoming to other individuals. Make sure that anyone who comes to your table feels safe and has the opportunities to express themselves. In the past, Dungeons and Dragons has been a hobby that's had a lot of division, and many of us know how hard it can actually be to find people who want to play in these games, and some of that might be because of the old stigmas that exists. So it would be hypocritical of us to be unwelcoming of anyone who wants to game in a different way or has a different point of view about how the game should be played. So show interest in people who are interested in playing D&D and be patient and gentle with their questions when they want to join your game. Find out what they're comfortable with and find out how it is that they would like to play a game and how they feel they should be represented at your table. And lastly, if you are the dungeon master, you need to check in with your players. There's no reason that they should ever feel uncomfortable at your table. And as a dungeon master, it's always going to be your responsibility to make sure that a situation doesn't go too far. If your players look or act like they're feeling uncomfortable by another player's actions or by part of the narration that you're telling, it's your job as a dungeon master to stop that. There's also the opportunity to learn from that moment if you allow the other person have the comfort to speak and voice their opinion as to why they don't want to have that involved in the game that they're going to be in. And you and your players take the time to listen to that opinion it gives you the opportunity to have a learning moment about what it means to be inclusive, and that inclusivity can lead to personal growth, not just for you, but for your entire gaming table. So that is all for today, my cyclothids. Thank you for joining me on this episode, and I appreciate your taking the time to listen to what I feel is one of the more important episodes that I have put out. I did want to remind you all that we will be continuing season one until October 30th will be our last episode of season one. And then we will be taking a break until the first of the year. I'm going to be doing some reformatting of the show, adding a new segment called Knowledge Check, where we're going to be delving a little further into the psychology of the situations that we're talking about in our main topic and really getting more into the heart of what I want this show to be. So I'm excited to see those changes happen, but bear with us during the break when we take it between October 30th and January 1st. Just a quick reminder that you can find my book on Amazon and there is a link in the show notes. And please, if you haven't checked it out yet, give me the opportunity to be on your nightstand or on your bookshelf 
and do me a favor, help this show continue by either getting that on Amazon on your fire or ordering a paperback copy. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we'll see you all next session.